Well, I saw um, Randy Jackson, and all I, all I had was, was, my, was my samurai sword, and I couldn't say no. Hey, this is witchcraft. Mean, what do you mean, folders? <laughs> you like, stuff like on the phone? Yeah, you have oh, like. That's not a good side. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast, where we do our three favorite things. Talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy back for another banger of a podcast, and we have a very special guest here, returning to the pod, a friend of the pod, ladies' man Tom, joining us again. We are going to talk some college basketball today, and ladies' man Tom is the guru for all things college basketball. Welcome. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is the best week of the year for um, sports. I'm glad to be here. This is a, this is a great... Um, 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 little pregame for that, so I'm glad to be here for sure. Yeah, we love we love having Tom out because he's kind of a, he's a bit of our college basketball specialist. I like to think, yeah, I do think so. You like you like watching college basketball? Is that like your main more thing? than the NBA, which is a hot take, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't heard, and if you haven't heard, you live under a rock. There's this beautiful, glorious thing called March Madness, and it is happening, and it is so quickly close. approaching, and we are all very excited. Oh yeah, dude, I. This is my favorite time of the year. My my actual favorite part of the entire tournament is uh, the first weekend. Yes, 100%. I love the first it's weekend. The best part, yeah, I was I was thinking about calling in sick if I was gonna, but good thing I'm gonna be on vacation actually for <laughs> these days. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about calling in sick just because I love sitting down on my couch and just have like constant basketball going all day, and it's all just March beautiful, beautiful upsets and March madnessness. I love it, man. I legit bought a TV last week to like have two going plus my, my um, laptop. So I can watch like like all three games at all times next week just to be like in the zone. So oh, you, every basketball fan has their optimal setup. Yes, everyone has their works. optimal food ready to go, yeah. and just the situation needs to be perfect because again, this is Christmas for basketball fans. It really is. It is. It is. Does feel like the Christmas season for basketball fans. Yeah, I I love it. We all got our own teams. Like you all. Like there's just so many teams and options and people to like re- be represented. Uh, it's. It really is a beautiful thing. It's like the ultimate tournament by having this many teams and pretty much to get in, you have to be good. Yeah. You minimum have to be at least good to yeah. get into the tournament. Good or hot. Good, good or, hot. or hot. Exactly. And so uh, I'm excited. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, of how the March Madness connects to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. On this podcast, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit of uh, NBA busts and uh boomers basically that have done well in the uh, in the tournament so yeah. guys that have had really good tournament runs that have had great NBA careers and guys that have had really good tournament runs that have had not so great NBA careers it was kind of hard narrowing this list down we were going over it before <laughs> and there is a lot of options but before yeah. we get to that let's talk about what we're drinking tonight. Oh, wow. We, we need to get you a shirt that just says, but before we do. <laughs> but, but before we do. It's my tagline Mitch, here. Mitch merch. Yeah, Mitch merch. Holy oh. smokes. That's, that's a million a dollar idea right there. Called Shark Tank right I now. I need to call your dad. <laughs> uh, all right. So what we are drinking here is called The Hef. It's a Hefeweizen ale, and it comes from Frankenmuth Brewery out of none other than Michigan. Go blue. Go My home blue. state. <laughs> You're even repping them on your shirt right I now. I do. This is a big so, week for them. So Tom brought us this beer. And so Tom, talk a little bit about why you brought us this beer, a little, uh, your experience with it. Um, I actually hadn't had it before. I was um, at Kroger and I knew that, that um, you guys were, I'm um, just starting the podcast. I was trying to find like some unique beers or like things to try the podcast. And you know, their, uh, their logo is a dog with a pipe and it's called the half. And I was like, I love that. That's our kind of energy here at, uh, at team morale. So it's that is a wiener dog with a pipe in his mouth. <laughs> that's all we need in the world. That's a, that's a team route vibe if I've ever heard of one. It, it really is. Do you want to know a little history about it? Screw them? the foam finger. Give me that as a yeah. <laughs> We're just straight dog just going to jack this. Dog in a pipe. Uh, want to know a little history about your Frankenmuth? So I know it's in Frankenmuth, and I've like been there when I was like super young. I think it's like the big like German town in Michigan. That's like, that's like um, where my um, knowledge stops, I would say. So... Well, it is one of the oldest breweries in Michigan history. Okay. It was originally created in 1862. It was then sold to a bigger brewing company called Geyer Bros Brewing Company in 1874. 
they did they had uh Geyer Brewing had it for a long time up until the 1990s and uh they were and then they sold it to uh Frankenmuth and that's when yeah. Frankenmuth turned it into like their own yeah. thing uh, but unfortunately, a tornado came through the downtown area of Frankenmuth and totally destroyed the brewery. And so that's when that? a tornado in Michigan, <laughs> yeah. an F three tornado on June twenty first, nineteen ninety six, oh, okay. tore through Little Bavaria. So they're still going now. That's fine. Yeah, so exactly. They're, fine. they're still they're still moving. Uh, they reopened in June two thousand three with a three hundred seat three level restaurant. So Frankenmuth Brewing Company is also a restaurant, and they're uh, they're a bit of a comeback story. Yeah, man. Love a good comeback. They're Cinderella story. Yeah, Speaking absolutely. of the the times right now, Cinderella story. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, they are. Uh, so if you're ever in the Frankenmuth area, I can't imagine that many people are in the Frankenmuth area, but go check out the restaurant. It's a weekend spot if you're in Michigan listening to the podcast. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go visit Little Bavaria. <laughs> Why not? Have yourself a hef. Have yourself a hef. We all need or, a hef or, sometimes. Uh, the hef. The hef, yeah. Of uh, of uh, the hef. Have oh. yourself a uh, the hef. Of uh, the hef. I'll have a few weeks ago. It's the hef. The hef. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great that's a great mascot. <laughs> Mitch is fanboying over the mascot. Anyways, all right, we're getting off track already. Um, we're gonna start with the busts. All right, and I've got three names of busts and three names of booms. And so the the first bust hits near and dear to Tom's heart. Tom is a diehard Duke fan, and our first guy who had a great tournament run and a not so great NBA career, Derek Williams. Yeah, that was the year. So it was twenty. Uh, it was twenty eleven. So Duke had just won the ship, and they were defending their title. They had Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, the Plumleys, and um, freshman named Kyrie Irving, who was uh, pretty good now in the NBA. You know, the team was the, they were the top overall seed in the dance. They had cruised the, through the first two, or yeah, so it was the two rounds, and then we run into this friggin' buzzsaw named Derek Williams, who just absolutely like, like I, I, I think he had like thirty points, and they were just like. Hot from three, and they just ruined Duke's night. And then, yeah, yeah, just I thought Duke was like was a, um, a lock for at least the final four, but then Derek Williams just just um, denied us of that. And then um, he ended up helping uh, his draft stock that night a lot. They um, ended up losing to Kemba the next round, which is a whole other story that we'll get to later on. But yeah, just a career night for Derek Williams. It made him a lot of money, and it broke my heart. So. It really did. So Derek Williams going into the tournament, Arizona was obviously good. Derek were, Williams is one of the better players. Yeah. yeah, Derek Williams. They were fine. Very popular guy in college big basketball dunker. at the yeah, time. Fancy. Super athletic, yeah. big time dunker. Um, and then pops in March Madness, and he's one yeah. of these guys that pro typically is like probably like a lottery pick. And then he pops in March Madness, and then he goes all the way up to the number two spot in the draft with high expectations. Like, you think this guy's going to be an all-star. So I think it's funny. I think people thought he was going to be what Aaron Gordon is now, but he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they were, like, four years like too early on the Arizona athlete that was going to be sick in the NBA. Like, it was Aaron Gordon, but, but it, yeah, they were just wrong on that one. I, I remember – so what I remember about this time era is – that Derek Williams got caught with the label as a tweener. It was like, yeah. oh, is he a three or is he a four? And he's kind of neither. Like he's ne- like he's not big enough yeah. to be a four. He's not mobile enough to be a th- or a good enough shooter to be a three. No. So it's like, what really is he? And that yeah. was the era of like defined like positions, where now it's positionless basketball, and you can have guys like that. It's like, oh, he's just an athletic freak. Toss yeah. him out there, and we'll figure out what to do right. with him later. A la your Aaron Gordons and uh, Blake Griffins yeah. and guys like and Draymond that. Green, yeah. Draymond Greens, yeah. where it's like they can kind of you know they're position list they can yeah. go wherever on the court and I think that Derek Williams kind of got caught just like a few years too, too early, early. Yeah, and for and whatever reason just, him, which is never a good sign either yes that being said he showed up he was, he was not great in the NBA no yeah he he still had a six-year NBA career played for let's see one two three four five six seven eight teams Are you serious um well the Lakers he played two games um so that's a team okay Cleveland, he played 25. Miami played 25 games. Uh, New York, he played 80 games. Um, Sacramento, he played 141 games. And then Minnesota, for three seasons, he played 155 games. Uh, his career stats were 8.9 points per game, um, four rebounds. I'm trying to see if there's anything else worth noting. Not really, uh, yeah. 30% from three, 43 from the field. His best season was his second year where he averaged 12 points per game and uh, played in 78 games, started 56 of them. So he had one, like, 
okay year, but from the number two overall pick, huge bust. That's a bad beat. Yeah, and and and, and as you guys were saying, a tweener. He's alternating because in on the side against positions between uh, power forward and small forward, which is the definition of what a tweener is. Yeah, yeah. It just a just a subpar career. I mean, again, never averaged more than twenty five minutes in a game. Was never, wow. no, never was only in double digit scoring once, and just kind of just kind of sucked. <laughs> like just no fans or butts. Sorry, well, Derek he, Williams. I mean, you listen to the teams, and it was like the Knicks and the Kings and like the Cavaliers and like the bad Lakers teams. Like he just never went to like a good spot. He was on the Heat for a little bit, but like even they couldn't save him. But it was just just like a bad. I think that that's probably the worst case scenario for like how like um, how his career could turned out as well. For if it matters, he's currently playing in Germany. Well, he's. He's still doing um, um, what he loves. So I guess he's still like playing basketball. Bed, yeah. <laughs> hey, he's playing basketball professionally. It's better than what I can say. That's that's true. Uh, but yeah, he was one of those guys where I think he came out a little bit uh, a couple years earlier than what would have fit his like yeah. his play style best. He, uh, I do remember him having like some like personality issues and some like kind of just like couldn't handle the big stage right. yeah. kind of issues and I think all of that added up to one of the, you know, it's one of those things that just happens in the NBA where a guy's drafted really high, super high expectations, never really fits, never really develops all that well, kind of gets in his own head and then bounces from one team to the next until people just forget who you are. Cause I remember Derek Williams, like he was super fun to watch. He college. was fun to watch. Even when he kicked you, super, <laughs> super bouncy. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Derek Williams, super explosive guy, super fun guy to watch. Um, broke a lot of Dukes fans hearts, uh, but didn't make any noise in the NBA at all. Kind of sucked. Um, another player, not as like obscure, a little bit more mainstream, a little more w- well known. Has a little bit of a cult following. Some might say he's a cult uh, hero. That's just that's it. He's a, he's a cult hero. <laughs> Adam Morrison out of Gonzaga. Gonzaga. There's a different way to say tomato, it. tomato, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. I say Gonzaga. Well, the Zags. So it's Zags. So you would think it's Gonzaga. Zags. 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 We're going yeah. Zags. Uh, Adam Morrison out of Gonzaga. All my friends that go to Gonzaga, you can correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Um, just killed it in the tournament. I mean, just absolutely cooked. Got him to the Sweet 16. Uh, little school out of nowhere made him pretty do pretty well. And yeah. uh, but also just could not find his footing in the NBA. Just for reference, so Adam Morrison. This was in 2006. They made it to the Sweet 16 in the three games that they played. Adam Morrison averaged. 24.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, two assists on 47% from the field, 33% from three. Like, this dude was booling out here. And also, he looked like the goofiest goober out there on the court while he was doing it. Adam Morrison was kind of like, when I first really started watching basketball and paying attention to basketball and like diving into like X's and O's, like really like play, playing more myself as a kid and I was watching more it was right when this Gonzaga surge yeah. started to happen yep. and it's all it it didn't start with Adam Morrison it start, technically started with John Stockton back in the way back day but this is when Gonzaga really started making their runs as like oh we're a good basketball the program era, yeah. yeah the Mark, Mark Few era exactly the Mark Few era and Adam Morrison was the first face of Gonzaga basketball yeah, for sure and uh he was he was a crazy guy, like very uh, emotional, like w- clearly wore his uh, his heart on his sleeve, sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I remember when he was crying on yep. center court, type of thing. It was like yeah. he was just like a wild player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just wore his heart on his sleeve, just wild, just like all over the place, kind of unpredictable a little bit. Um, didn't really hurt his draft stock. All that much. He was selected third overall in 2006 by the Bobcats at the time, which are the Charlotte basketball team. So they're the Oof, Hornets now. Yeah. Um, but just kind of s- sucked. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to put it nicely, but he struggled. I mean, he his rookie year, he played in 78 games and averaged 11.8 points per game. And then he hurt his knee and missed a whole year. Yeah. And then after that, he never averaged more than four and a half points per game. And was quickly out of Charlotte, the like traded from Charlotte the year after he hurt his knee, spent two more years with the Lakers, playing a total of 39 games in uh, two years, and then was out of the NBA. I think so, he has a ring there for the Lakers. I was going to say, I think like I think Kobe got him a ring or two, right? I was just about to say that. Oh. I was going to I was going to say, how dare we slander <laughs> NBA champion yeah. Adam Morrison? He's, yeah. Uh, 
honestly, like he uh, he was a guy that got overdrafted. He should never have been in that situation in the first place for college basketball. He was big and he was nimble. Another guy in that era that would be considered a tweener, like is he a three? Is he a four? Yeah. He's kind of neither, but kind of both. And he was just overdrafted. He w- he had way too big of a cult following. Every like everyone was following him almost to like hate on him at the time because he was a he's a goofy looking dude that was really intense and it was relatively easy to hate. And I think that he kind of got a lot more hate than what maybe he deserved because he just wasn't. He was never like an NBA caliber guy in the first place that was drafted too high and put in a bad situation, I think at least. He uh, So he's a two-time NBA champion. It's true. Two-time champion. So he's back a two-time champion. Yeah. And he was on the all-rookie team in 2006-2007, which I don't that, know if that's that saying crashed much. crashed real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but on this website I'm on, it has like nicknames underneath it, and his is The Stash. The Stash, the yes. Stash. I remember him having like a weirder name. I don't know what else. He, I don't know why I think that. The Goober? That sounds, that could be. <laughs> He's just a goofy looking dude, but uh, yeah. He so, had a dirty stash. That's all I remember. Yeah, like, yeah. For those of you watching on our YouTube channel, we'll put a picture or maybe some highlights up of him. And he his, had a real dirty stash His, back in his the mustache day. is just. Iconic. Just absolutely unbeaten. Iconically bad, I guess, is more accurate. Yeah, it's, it's creepy stash porn stash whatever you want to call yeah, it's it it's just stash, it's just fair. not it's just not okay well it's not a real mustache is what it is it's a couple of hairs that i believe is glued onto the top of his lip but uh uh yeah adam morrison another guy that very very famous uh in march madness and you know people to this day still know who adam morrison yeah. is just because of that crazy run his antics and then getting overdrafted and having a rough career but two-time nba champ yeah. no, no slander on on yeah. adam morrison's name from me he got kobe's water that's that's a big job he got... <laughs> hey we're, it's kobe's secret stuff okay <laughs> yeah, sorry. hey keep in mind he played eight games on a championship winning team one year and then in 31 averaging 7.8 minutes per game yeah. the next year Vital, vital to the team. Vi- they weren't getting there without Adam Morrison. Co- so what I'm hearing is that Kobe needed Adam yeah. Morrison or Shaq to win an NBA championship. Yeah, <laughs> Kobe. This wasn't Shaq. Kobe this is the Kobe Powell. Powell. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Powell. Lamar Odom needed him. The Kobe Morrison. Bynum needed him. The Kobe Adam Morrison championships. I love it. Yeah. All right, so we got one more one more bust guy to talk about here, and he might be one of the most iconic popular name recognized college basketball player speaking of cult heroes of our generation this yeah. guy a true cult hero there is only one name that people might say now or maybe not nowadays but back in the day that other than kobe when they shot stuff and it was jimmer because it was jimmer range and that jimmer for out of byu had one of the more iconic title runs one of the more iconic college careers and one of the least iconic nba careers but hey he's a baller in china dude jimmer i mean in a way you can kind of say that this like three ball era obviously steph is a huge part of this but another huge part to this era happening that we're watching right now of jacking up threes dane putting up shots from as deep as he was starts with jimmer it does jimmer was putting up 40 footers before anyone else was that man had the first greenest of green lights that we have ever seen i mean i i remember watching those tournaments and just like watching him in like normal games and the shots that he would take fearless absolutely wild yep absolutely wild tom what do you remember about jimmer i remember just his senior year i think i I like had his stats he averaged like 30 points a game and i remember so he was in the mountain west and he was playing uh, like uh, um um, san diego state and i have like this weird tie to san diego state so i was cheering for them they were both undefeated and and, um, that was when they had Kawhi. so it was Kawhi and jimmer like back in the day and like jimmer just absolutely fucked up san diego state they dropped like (laughs) he like like i think he like he must have had like 35 points and i was like god like they put Kawhi on him and Kawhi couldn't stop him that day. It was just like one of those things where like, he, like it was just so like inevitable that he, that he just had exactly what it took to beat like um uh, San Diego State that day. And just I think they like didn't lose a game their like first game to like March and they just they looked unstoppable for so long. You just didn't know if they could ever lose with him. Yeah, he got BYU all the way to the Sweet Sixteen. Which yeah, I can't remember the last time BYU was like that deep in a tournament. Like, and they, also and, and also that year too. Um, they would have gone farther, but their second best player, who was like their center, 
had gotten suspended from the tournament because it was BYU. He had sex with his girlfriend. They're like, you're out. I actually, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> I totally forgot about this until you started Brandon bringing Davies, it up. Brand, yeah. Yes, Brandon Davies. He had sex and could not play in March Madness, yep. which is wild because all these other players, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> just Brandon Davies. Are dabbling. God, yeah. He, we might not have a tournament if that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one would be qualified to play, <laughs> except for BYU. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this happened in 2011 when they made it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. And here's what Jimmer's stats were for those three games he averaged 32.7 points. Uh, six assists and 2.7 rebounds on 41% from the floor, 33% from three, and 91% from the free throw line. Which, 33% from three, you're like, oh, he must not have been a very good three-point shooter. It's like, no, he was just shooting it from half court every single time down the floor. Like, the man was doing it all by himself every single night. It was very Steph-like. It was very Steph-like. They would just sit there and the four other guys would be like, hey, you're going to shoot it or you're going to pass it to me and then I'm going to pass it back to you and then you're going to shoot it. Like, what, what, are you, what are you feeling here this time? Do you need a screen or are you good to go? <laughs> I saw a screen. What do you yeah. want? I'm going to stand under the hoop and, ho- and yeah. see if you miss or not. Uh, and if you miss, I'm just going to throw it back out to you and wait again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jimmer, another one of those guys who absolutely torched it in uh, March Madness, got a huge name for himself, became one of the most popular players in all of basketball at the time, and unfortunately just didn't really live up to the hype. You know, it it seems as though Jimmer has a natural skill set to at least be like, kind of like what J.J. Redick does in the NBA. Yeah. is like, what, you can't stand in the corner and shoot threes and hit him at a good clip? But unfortunately, it just, it never really clicked. We'll get to like, I think like the pattern we've seen with with like all three of these guys is th- is that they got drafted by horrible organizations with the Timberwolves, Bobcats, and Kings. Well, like, he was actually drafted picks. by Milwaukee and then traded to the Kings. Well, so he, yes. started, he started he started his on career the Kings, in, in the Kings. <laughs> but uh, he played looks like what seven years, 2012 to 2019. But he did took a took a couple year break in there. Um, he was on Warmer Phoenix. Mission. Oh. He was he was in Phoenix <laughs> for a couple of years. Cheap shot. Uh, well, he was on the Knicks in 2016, and then he took a break and came back and played six games for Phoenix in 2019. But uh, played 171 games for the uh, Kings in his career, 54 for the Pelicans, and then if you want to count these, eight for Chicago, six for Phoenix, and two for New York. Yeah. But he never averaged more than, geez, 7.6 points per game. Never really got minutes, like his highest no. minutes were his rookie year. He was drafted 10th overall, so still a lottery pick. But, yeah. Uh, averaged 18 and a half minutes per game. Um, shot, you know, all right from the field, his career. Well, not from the field. Uh, 40% <laughs> for the field for his career. But 37 from three is not bad not on, bad. like, a decent clip. I mean, he didn't really do anything other than shoot because he averaged one rebound and one assist and a turnover. But the guy is a legend in China. Three 70-point games. In China. Yeah. He's still playing, and the guy, three 70-point games in his career. Does he have like 48 games in China? I was going to say, is anyone interested on hearing his Chinese stats? I think really, <laughs> it's at least 40, right? So, he does not average 40. Uh, this season, uh, he is averaging 27 points a game. What a bum. <laughs> 27 points a game on 40% from three while taking 10 threes a game. Why can't you do that in the NBA? <laughs> Is there a difference between the Chinese league and the NBA league? Wow, I didn't. I never knew that. Uh, his first three years in China, though, he averaged 37, 37, and then 37. Wow. Yeah. Just, just so wow. So he's having off here right now, as we were saying. He, is, he actually, it's weird. He had two years there in the middle where he did not play in China and then like didn't have as good of stats. But all of his years in China are fairly remarkable. I mean, the, those first three where he's averaging... Uh, 37 a pop. It's averaging on 41% from three, 42% from three, and 42% from three, all while taking 11, 13, and 12 threes a game. That's what, like, the man is doing what he was born to do, which is <laughs> which is to chuck the ball up and be on a team that lets him chuck the yeah. ball up. He's the Steph Curry of China. He it's is. as simple as that. He's the Steph Curry <laughs> of China. And he's just revolutionizing their game, which yeah. is awesome. I mean, honestly, all jokes aside, hats off to you. 
he didn't make it in the NBA. He didn't give up. And now he's actually, you know, making good money and is going to go in like the Chinese basketball hall of fame. Like he's, he's going to go down Colt as a Hero legend. Just in China now. Yeah. He's... I mean, all joking aside, like that, that that's a good league. That could be like, worse. He's a yeah. good, that's also not a bad way to make a living. No, it's yeah. The Chinese league is arguably the third best league because most people would say Spain, Spain is yeah. second. And then I would say that the third is probably a, a debate between China and Israel. Uh, and it's really good for Jimmer that he has been able to make a career and kind of make like a legend of himself in China, kind of do what Stefan Marbury was able to do. Uh, but good for him. It was, it was, it really is too bad that he just could not make it work in the NBA for whatever reason. Maybe he's just one of those guys that has to have the ball in his hands and he has to be the center of the offense to be on the Kings. (laughs) Yeah. And not play for the Kings. (laughs) Playing for the Kings doesn't seem to work out for anybody. Well, because they, I'm trying to think of like their bus alone. They had him, Thomas Robinson, Stauskas. That was kind of their like core three there for a second. <laughs> that's a, that's Oof. tough. That's, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Those are high draft picks. Oh, yeah, because that would have been big Yeah, because that was 2011. 12 and 13 were their picks. Yeah, and you know what's funny is all three of those guys were like big March Madness guys. Yeah, they were. All three of those guys. The Stouses made yeah. the Elite Eight or, yeah, or the um, championship game, yeah. All three of those guys were big That's March tough. Madness guys and the so Kings are like, oh, if they're good so in March the Madness, to, they must be good. So the Kings need to, to stop watching March Madness. Well, I guess now it's different. Uh, I mean, I don't know. They have Fox now. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing fine. Are they? <laughs> No, but yeah. we're going to say they're doing fine. <laughs> the one last thing I want to say on Jimmer is my only thing is maybe he came to the NBA too early. You know, everyone's chucking threes nowadays. That wasn't really the case back in, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, the NBA's changed a lot. The Warriors really kind of revolutionized the the chucking threes. The Rockets really in like 2015 to starting in 2015, which was when he was kind of like barely hanging on to the league. Whereas like maybe if he was a rookie now yeah, and he was able to just chuck on a like a high clip and like just, you know, be a guy who can make threes. Might. He could be a great... Um, Good stats, bad team guy in 2020, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. The but, Stones could definitely use someone just to jack up like like seven threes a game besides um, um, Wayne Ellington right now. So he, he'd have a place in our <laughs> offense somewhere. All right, well, that wraps up wraps up our busts. Um, we're going to take a break here and talk a little bit about the Hef again. We're going to revisit this wiener dog with a uh, with a pipe. pipe. And then we're going to get into our boom. So, Mitch, what do you else got for us? All right, so to start off, the Hef, as you probably could guess, is a Hefeweizen ale. And uh, for those of you who don't know, a Hefeweizen ale is a typically German, which makes sense, uh, coming from Little Bavaria over there in in Michigan. Uh, It is the word Hefeweizen is German for white beer, and it and it uh, kind of translates to like yeast wheat. So it's like a very weedy beer. It's made with at least fifty percent wheat. And it usually has, and it's usually uh, a little stronger. It's not, it's not like an IPA kind of like yeah. bite to it, but some like for a lot of people who use are used to like light beers or lagers, like they can be. It's much different. Yeah. It's a much different kind of flavor. Is there any flavors, or what are you guys liking about the Hef? I, I like that it's it's light and it's crisp, but it also has flavor. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is I think what a Hefeweizen is. Yeah. A Hefeweizen is. Um, it's. It's got almost like a chocolatey or like a caramelness to it that I'm sure isn't right because <laughs> we, we, we're working on my whiskey palate tasting. We're going to throw a beer at me. And so I'm not really sure what I'm tasting, but it's it's definitely um, – there's definitely like a almost desserty flavor I guess a little caramel it. something yeah, in there. Yeah, like a little dessertiness yeah. to it. Yeah, I get a lot of that and the this is off of the uh, their webpage, their brewery webpage. And I guess is the flavor that a lot of Hefeweizens have. And what they're going for is a little bit of banana. Oh. That's what they, oh. that's what they say, at least. Okay. I don't I, know if I get the I banana. Can taste, sure. I, I, I can, I can, I can see it. I can buy into yeah, that I, I thought. Can, I get into that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's supposed to be like a little bit of banana with uh, like a lot of like spices, almost like a clove type yeah. of flavor to it. I don't get as much of the spice as what they're talking about. It's very subtle. But I like I I'm a big fan of Hefeweizens. One of the most popular beers in Oregon is a Hefeweizen, okay. and so I I've been drinking Hefeweizens a lot, and I like this quite a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna chalk the dessert up as a win because banana could be in a dessert. Banana Foster. Banana Foster. Yeah, yeah. and that has caramel in it, right? It so, also has alcohol in it. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> our favorite things. <laughs> All of our favorite things. <laughs> Booze, basketball, and bananas. 
All right. Um, yeah, so the Hef, happy to have it on the podcast. It's our first Hefeweizen, and it's uh, our first beer in a little bit. A few episodes since we've had a beer. Yeah, I think our last one was the Texas Trash beer. Oh, God. That we're drink- what a name, by the way. <laughs> Sells itself with that name. So yeah. yeah, so it has been a minute. Yeah. yeah, so happy to have a beer. We're trying to mix it up on the podcast a little bit more. We did post on our social a little while ago of uh, asking you guys what we should drink next, and we're going to sift through those comments and have pick a couple of more which will be fun um we definitely want to have you guys hit us up on our socials and stuff and uh trying to get you guys involved and uh hopefully we can uh have some of these suggestions on our next podcast for sure yeah absolutely are you guys ready to get rocking into uh our next group yeah let's do the studs we're we're gonna end on a positive note here because we're gonna talk about some some solid players um we're gonna start with a guy who arguably had one of the more iconic runs in um the March Madness tournaments, uh, a newer guy compared to the other guys that we're going to talk about. Uh, also a big 12 guy. Cause you know, we all went to a big 12 school. We like talking big 12 hoops. Yeah. Um, didn't go to TCU because why would Sadly. you go to TCU? <laughs> our basketball team is garbage, but he did go to our rival Oklahoma and just had a heck of a career there and just had one of the more just dominant tournament runs that we've seen bring Oklahoma to the final four. And that is one Buddy Heald out of the Bahamas. So Buddy Heald, in in my opinion, IMO, is pretty much just Trey Young before Trey Young. Both went to Oklahoma. It was just like popping threes like crazy. He yeah. didn't like he didn't really care where he was on the floor. He was another one of these guys that was super fun to watch, almost in kind of like a Jimmer way, like we were talking about, where he was jacking up threes. And he, he was a little bit better at getting to the hole and he was a little bigger yeah. and stuff. But when he was playing at Oklahoma, it it felt like he was just like on fire going into that tournament. You know, it's one of the, like you, you know he's like a cult kind of player when you can name him, but no one else on the team. Then they get to the Final Four, and it's just him. You know, still, it's like he's pretty good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, because he was yeah, because like he he what averaged like thirty like I'm thirty like what I think it was thirty plus points a game during the tournament for sure. Yeah, I mean he was literally. Like like you said, Trey Young before Trey Young yeah. because he did everything. He had to do everything, he, I, and and he did it well on a yeah. team that won. I mean, backpacking a team to the Final Four doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. Where, where it's just like like you said, like one guy and that's it. Yeah, like there no one else on his team. I don't think even scratched the NBA. No, and it was just him and just his ability to just create, his ability to shoot, his ability to pass. Didn't really play defense, but that's fine. That's um, not important. No, but just hit big shots. Yeah. The amount of big shots he hit and like clutch moments, like Buddy Heel definitely had a tournament to remember for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the page that I'm on, trying to get the stats for Buddy Healed is going to make me do too much math in my brain. So I'm just going to read to you how many points he got in each game of that NCAA tournament, which is. 27, 36, 17, 37, and then in the very last game he had nine. Which was when they lost, and like, they lost by like forty to Nova, but that's a different story. Yeah, like. that was that was one of those games. That's one of those things where it's like he's a great player, but there's only so much that you can do. When <laughs> Nova you're... has five great players, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to play one on five. Yeah, you know. And when Nova got, I, I do remember watching that game. And it was like one of those things. Where that like, was a massacre. They're they're li- well, they were massacring, <laughs> but they were also like. All right, so we're gonna make anyone other than Buddy Heald shoot the ball. And, Always a good game plan. Always. And and it was one of those things where like Buddy Heald was like pulling up over so many different yeah. players, and like all of his guys were bricking everything. I was like, I honestly felt bad. I was like, dude, I get it, you're trying, but my goodness, you guys are getting killed. Yeah, dude. I all I remember from that tournament is being an Oregon fan. Is Buddy Heal just absolutely torching us, yeah. dude? He had 36 in that game or 37, whatever it was. And he was just absolutely on fire. There's nothing that we could do. And Buddy Hield was one of those guys. He's one of those dudes that, especially in call, you know, in the NBA, he's proven to be a good three point shooter yeah. and you know a good basketball player. But in college, when you're going against up against lesser talent, and you're on one, there's just nothing that a team can do to stop you. It, that's at least what it felt like being the Oregon fan watching go him go against yeah. us. Yeah. So Buddy Hield is actually had himself quite an NBA career so far. He's six seasons in the NBA, one with the Pelicans where, and then he got traded his rookie year or after midway. Well, traded his sophomore year. Um, for Boogie, right? For Boogie. Mm-hmm. That's he's, a deadline. And he survived the Kings, which is very and, important. And he's doing well in the Kings. We were just hating on the Kings. He's doing well on the Kings, averaging yeah. 16 points a game, 
two and a half assists, four rebounds. But I mean, all you're asking him to do is shoot threes. Yeah. He's a 40% three point shooter on seven attempts a game, which is just ridiculous. He had one season where he averaged 20 points per game, which was two years ago, which he did really well this year down a little bit, 16 points a game, but uh, still shooting on a, uh, a good clip, 37 from three on 10 attempts. He's, I mean, so he's, Jimmer. So he's Jimmer right now. He's really trying. I mean, if you think about it, other than De'Aaron Fox, he really doesn't. They don't really don't have anyone else that can really score. So he's he's definitely um, played a lot. He's durable. He's played in 80, 80 plus games almost all of his career. Um, not he's all not always been a starter. He's a starter this year, but he wasn't last year. So he's bounced in and out of the starting lineup. He's a guy that a lot of teams are looking at to trade for this right. year. Him and Barnes, yeah. Um, He's a guy that everyone wants to be freed from Sacramento. Yes. Let's be honest. Everyone wants to he see him better. in a winning situation because Buddy Hield is too good and has such a good story. Yeah. And I mean, growing up in the Bahamas, I've I, I watch I remember watching a feature on him where he like learned to shoot on a, a like a wooden backboard with like a shopping cart, you know, basket thing as yeah. the, the rim. Yep, yep, yep. So like his his story is really good. Um, his career is really good. He's he's got one big contract. He'll have many more, I'm sure, in his career. He's only. Uh, He's only been in the league for six years, so he's got a, a long way to go. Um, just, a, just a great story and a stud of a player. Yeah, yeah, and you know when we were going over who should we bring, who should we talk about in the podcast, we we want we reference Steph Curry because everyone knows about Steph Curry's amazingness yeah, in uh, in in date with Davidson in the in March Madness and how that made Steph Curry pop and that's yeah. why he got drafted and all that stuff and but we kind of figured that everyone knew and talks about the Steph Curry story all the time because yeah. it's Steph Curry but we wanted to highlight Buddy Heald because it feels like people don't talk about the the Buddy Heald March Madness uh, run as much as what they really should because he really was he really was popping off in that in that run and we wanted to make sure that Buddy Heald gets his due. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I'm sure he appreciates that somewhere if he's listening to this right now. He absolutely you're, is listening. You're welcome, buddy. So I got a couple of things for you. First off, I, I love this website. Basketball reference, great website. Yeah. But it also gives you their nicknames. So his nicknames, it's got three of them. Buddy Love, Buddy Fresh, and Buddy Buckets. I like Buddy Buckets. Buddy Buckets. Also, Buddy can, Fresh. <laughs> can, can either of you guess his real first name? It's not Buddy. Um... I can't even. I can't even think of uh, anything. Uh, something with Bud. Uh, Robert. <laughs> Almost. It's Chavano. That's it. C H A V A N O. So his real name is Chavano Rainer. His middle name is Rainer Healed. That's a gold number. Imagine if he went. Drain. I was about to say. Imagine if his real name was like Rainer Healed, and he was just a three point specialist. You know what's crazy is that was my next guess. <laughs> Chavano. <laughs> But dude, Robert Trevano, still the same boat. What a great opportunity to be Rainer and just just throw it down the drain. Yeah, I already got my Rainer over anything. So Buddy, yeah, Rainer. come on, I'm upset now. <laughs> I like Trevano too. That would have been sick too. Yeah, he should have run with Rainer though. I know, the Rainer, Rainer man. That's, that's a that's a. I feel like Rainer he'd be Hill more be popular. Sick. He'd be yeah. more popular right now if he went with Rainer. Rainer is a good name. For I mean, him. also like He's good enough to pull that at off least too. have a nick- yeah. at least like brand yourself that so that's your nickname. You could still yeah. go by Buddy, but like you could have your nickname be something Rainer. Like, come on. Yeah, that's too natural of a fit to not to not <sighs> end up with. What a mess! What a mess! <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next guy, our next uh, our next boom guy. This guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. Just absolute. Great NBA player, one of the greats, moving up on the scoring list. First ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Um, near and dear to Mitch's heart. Near and dear to Mitch's heart. Glue guy <laughs> mellow. Speaking of t-shirts that, we, that, that need to be made. Sorry, I had to jump in there. As you just blow out everyone's eardrums. Sorry. I can't hear anymore, but I assume that was about mellow. I can't. Mitch over here just screaming. Um, yes, we are talking about one Carmelo Anthony and the run that he had to take the Syracuse basketball team to the co- or to the championship and yeah. win the NCAA one championship. championship. Mello's won championship. That that is true because he because the Pistons didn't draft him, so <laughs> never got a championship in the NBA. But damn it, he has one in the NCAA. Yeah. 
This is when you. Sorry, is, this, is it is it <laughs> my turn? I, don't know. I, was, yeah. I was trying to find his uh, his stats for the tournament, but for what it's worth, the man averaged twenty two points and ten rebounds over his thirty five game career with Syracuse, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Uh, so Mello was in an era that it's kind of interesting that he went on to go win that championship with Syracuse because he could have left out of high school. He had that op- he had that option to leave out of high school. And uh, he decided to go to college, went he's from New York. He's like, I want to go to Syracuse, goes and wins that championship. And a lot of people assumed that he was going to be the number two pick in the draft that year. I, I, I don't know if you remember this draft I do. well or not, I Tom. Do. <laughs> I think about it too often. This is just bullying. <laughs> I, but Tom, please tell us about this draft. No, I mean, he was the number t- or no, he was the number Three pick? Yeah, because it went LeBron and some random Serbian guy the stone, <laughs> that, that my Stones drafted, and then Mello and Bosch and Wade, and he was the, yeah, the, the Stones were the uh, one that hit missed there, because I think they had just drafted Tayshaun Prince, and they're like, we don't need a, a, a small forward, but they did need a small forward. Because I think they, like, they um they took Darko to match up with, like, Ben Wallace, and they're like, this isn't going to work. So they got Sheet eventually, and, like, it turned out fine, but it just could have been a dynasty instead of the one... The one year, but it hurts a little bit. Yeah, but I think Melo, for the year in Syracuse, he gave Beheim his first championship. Um, he was with um, Hakeem Warwick, that team. So that, you know, they had some guys. That, then uh, um, um, Drake McNamara, who was a, a, good, um, a, a good player in college, who's still a coach now at Syracuse, too. Those are, like, um, their big three back in the day. They didn't really have, like, they had, like, a decent run of the tournament. They didn't, like, play any, like, like super teams or anything. I think they played Kansas in the final with Roy Williams' his last uh, KU team be, um, be, um before that for UNC, so just a little, little fun fact about that run there. Heck yeah, dude. And yeah. and so Melo obviously is a guy that we all grew up watching. I will say that that run that he made was a little before I was really watching college me. basketball. Yeah. Like I didn't really watch Melo at Syracuse. I've seen his highlights. I've gone back and I've like looked into like, oh wow, that's really interesting. That like a lot of people kind of labeled him as a guy that doesn't really care about winning. You know, throughout the rest he of his career, year, yeah. yeah, like throughout the rest of his NBA career, it was like, oh, he's a stat patter, or he cares yeah. more about making money. He like he doesn't really care about winning all that much. But it's hard to say that when he went and actually like backpacked a team to yeah. a, cha- a national championship. I mean, I know it's in college. I know it's not doesn't count the same as a uh, NBA championship. But the dude is a winner. Yeah, he is a winner for sure. Yeah, he's been on a lot of winning teams. Um, eighteen year NBA career, which is just. And going strong, right, Mitch? Kind of crazy. And yes, you can you can scream again. No, I won't scream this time. I thought about it, but no, uh, he. For me, you know, being a Blazer fan, I'm catching him at the tail end of his career, and I'm on record saying like I didn't like Melo for the majority <laughs> of his career. I thought that he was, I thought he was kind of a prick. I thought he was kind of like more after like, oh, I'd rather get my money than go play for a championship team or whatever. Um, but now seeing him coming back around. He's now coming off the bench for, you know, a lowly Portland, small market Portland team. And it's kind of fun to watch a guy like that, that he's come around and humbled himself and he's been nothing but a good dude. So I, I'm, I'm a big, I've been, I've become a big fan of Carmelo. Yeah. And, and Melo, I mean, we're just going to read off his career stats here just because they're incredible. 23.3 points per game. Um, Let's see, 2.9 assists, which is fine. 6.4 rebounds on 81% from the line. Let's see, 35% from three and 45% from the field. Again, he's played in almost, or a little over 1,150 career NBA games. Um, Averages 35 minutes per game for his career, which is very high. Um Led the league in scoring once, led the leagues in minutes before, has taken a lot of teams to the playoffs, obviously most known for his run in Denver and then his run in New York, had a brief year at OKC, had a turbulent filled stop in Houston, and then now is happily playing in Portland and playing well as glue guy Mellow. But there have been a lot of versions of Mellow over the course of his hoodie career. Mello. You've got Hoodie Mellow, you've got Cornrow Mellow, you've got Skinny Mellow, you've got Blue guy mellow. You've got Olympic medal. Yeah, I'll, we haven't even gotten into that. Probably the face of the NBA Olympic or the American Olympic team. 
which is full of NBA players every year. But I'm not like, saying that Coach K knew how to use him best, but Coach K knew how to use him best. <laughs> Are you saying that he should have gone to Duke? No, not is that. that. <laughs> no, it's just like, 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 there are so many pro guys that have been like, God, playing with Coach K was so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's real shame you didn't go to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Mello, I mean, there's probably something to be said about Coach K knew how to use him yeah. best, and I think there's something to be said about, like, he is just like well, he's an amazing complimentary guy next to LeBron and next to you know Wade's and next to like all these other dudes. Do you know that they're actually uh, he the was co- oh. he was considering going to Miami instead of Chris Bosh, and it was going to be a Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Melo, big that three. That would have worked as well, I don't think. I think that would have been kind of fun though. I mean, it would have been super it's fun. I, would... Mello, I think it's probably better if it, it, it turned out that way. But yeah, but. Melo could do the same thing that Chris Bosh was doing as far as standing in the corner shooting threes. That's probably true. That's, yeah. what, he did in, that. that's what he did with the Olympics. Yeah, yeah but Melo wanted to do more than that. Yes. I well, think, I think... I think the big thing that, like, Melo gets hate for is, like, he never really won in the NBA, but he, I think he, like, put all of his, like, winning energy into the Olympics and into the college. That's where, like, he really, you know, played the basketball, like, winning basketball. Whereas in the NBA, he's playing, like... Like everyone has said, like stat patter basketball, and so that's that's what makes him so fun in Portland. Is now he's playing like basketball in a way that like is geared towards winning as opposed to doing what's best for him. Yeah, trying to fit around the team, sort of thing. Well, I think like too, like in his career in Denver, like in New York, he never had like great players around him. I mean, he had Chauncey Billups for one year in Denver, and they got to the conference finals, and like the Knicks, like it was kind of him and J.R. Smith, which which isn't a great you know two man tandem to go far. So he had a washed up Amari. He had a no, a no knees Amari by the end of that. <laughs> and we're talking about Amari Stoudemire, yeah. then, of course. Um, let's move on to our last guy here who probably hit, if not the most iconic, one of the most iconic shots in the history of March Madness. It wasn't quite March Madness. It was the tournament, but yeah, still. Like, oh, well, yes. Yeah. Yes, the tournament. That's where the step back was born for yes, Kemba. Yes. Kemba Walker, um, currently playing for the Boston Celtics, had a long career before that in Charlotte, and had a decorated career at UConn where yeah. he, maybe not the tournament, but hit one of the most iconic shots in college basketball. Yeah, for sure. And then I think just like, like his run, I mean, he beat Derek Williams, like we had said. He beat Kawhi Leonard, the Sweet 16. He beat, you know... Um, um, Brandon Knight and the um, uh, Final Four then beat uh, Brad Stevens in the championship. So he he went through really just a bunch of uh, big name guys down that and, and and that tournament, and he sort of just um, um, cemented himself. You know, you know. I think every year they ask, you know, who's the Kemba gonna be this year? You know, like who's the guy that like that like like uh, carries their team to you know great heights? And you know, he's just always been you know the um, iconic um, um, college basketball figure from now on ever since that. He's the epitome of like backpacking a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for the majority of that season, they were not that good of a team. And no, they were not. I'm trying to, re- I'm trying to remember, like, wh- even what seed they, so they were. were. So, I, 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 like, recall before the Big East tournament, they were, like, a seven-ish seed, but then they, like, made In the, the Big run. East tournament. Yeah, but then, yeah. Or, or, no, so I think they were, like, an eight or nine seed in the Big East tournament, but they won the five games yes. that went along with that, and they went up to a three seed, because they were in Duke, because it was um, Duke's region, so it was Duke... One of uh, uh, San Diego State two UConn three Arizona four and and I was like fuck it's just, it's just a, a murderer's row of a region back then <laughs> but yeah 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 dude uh, the Kemba run is probably the one of the most fun runs that's ever happened in March Madness yeah. to go from a team that is more likely than not even not even going to make the tournament to running through the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden, like getting your automatic bid. Five games in five days. It's all, yep. it's all F- I needed. Five games in five days and then making that run in the tournament and just going undefeated in your conference tournament and then in March Madness and having it all pretty much be on Kemba's back, this undersized guard that is – just using these nasty crossovers, these nasty step backs, literally making a guy fall over to make a game winner. I mean, it doesn't get better than Kemba in March Madness. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times where he would do something and the whole crowd would go, oh, like it was crazy. Like he would just cross people up. And again, he's the smallest guy on the court. Like the best player on the court was the shortest, smallest, most petite guy on the court. He's still the smallest guy on the court every time he steps on the right. court in the NBA. But he's he was shifty, he was fast, he was in control. He never played too fast for himself, and he hit big shots, big shot after big shot. It was just incredible. 
No, I think in March for sure. Like the like the two things you need are a great point guard and to control the pace. And Kemba was so good at both those things that it helped the um the run so much for sure. Because I think you know that team that I mean yeah, like we said, like he backpacked that team because they had a young Jeremy Lamb, a young Shabazz Napier, and um um Alex Oriaki. I don't know if you remember him. Like he was their center who was like like sort of big, but I mean they they needed Kemba so badly that year. It was just he carried the team to just just great heights. Yeah, exactly. And so it that was I mean, I remember watching every single one of those games. Yeah. I think this was back like for me, like when I was in high school and had a whole bunch of time on my hands. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in eighth grade for sure. And so that. I was watching every single one of these Kemba games and all of the every single one of them was fascinating. And what I was really impressed with is the fact that he actually made a good NBA career out of it. Yeah, and going into that NBA career, he's now going on ten years, still going strong, having a little bit of a, a regression this year, a down year, but I'm sure He's one that'll bounce back. He's in his 30s now, so we'll see if he can make a, a little bit of a late surge in his career, averaging 19.8 points per game for his career. His career high was he averaged 25 his last year in Chicago before he got... Charlotte. Or, or not, yeah, Charlotte, <laughs> sorry. Before he went to Boston. Um, 5.4 assists, 3.8 rebounds on 36 from three and 41 from the field. Um, he's played over 600 and uh, 80 career NBA games, which is pretty impressive. Um, a guy like that, a small guy, he went ninth in the draft that year, which is... He's also a guy that the Pistons should have drafted, but but so the, the uh, Pistons had the, had the eighth pick and took Brandon Knight, and I was like, Kemba's right there. What are you doing? He beat him in the final four. What are we doing here? But I... <laughs> I, I, I digress. A lot of Piston draft talk <laughs> sad, in this podcast. talk. <laughs> yeah, with Darko and Mello, and yeah, just... But pain. yes... A guy, a, a guy that got drafted by again a horrible team, a horrible team, the yeah. Bobcats, uh, Bobcats, and uh, just kind of made a career for himself. He's he's been a, a multiple time All Star and just played really well. And so uh, excited to see what he does for the rest of his career. But yeah, he's the last of our uh, our boom guys, guys that again did well in the tournament and ha- had pretty good NBA careers. We have a Hall of Famer. A young guy who's we're excited to see where his career goes before he hits his prime, and a guy on the back half of his prime where we're ready to see if how he does in the twilight of his career. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very excited to see what Kemba is going to be up to. Almost a little bit of a down year this year with the Celtics, but has proven himself to be a very good NBA player. You don't become an NBA all-star on accident, especially when you're an undersized guy like Kemba. He's just like, if, to me, it feels like he's been outperforming his weight class his entire life and I love watching Kemba um, but this was a fun podcast you guys going over all the March Madness stuff right as we're leading into March Madness this weekend yeah yeah absolutely everyone get your brackets done Um, maybe we'll do like a a a team morale podcast fans bracket or something like that maybe we'll see if we can set that up which will be fun see if anyone joins you guys should join it'll be fun Ooh, I could be about that but I'm warning you right now Grand Canyon is going to win the championship Go Lopes. <laughs> Go Blue. Mitch has been loud this podcast, guys. All right. Well, that is our uh, our podcast about March Madness and our booms and busts, guys. Thank you, Tom, for joining us, as yeah, always. Of course. College basketball guru here. Uh, shout out to the Hef and their adorable mascot joining us today. And uh, Frankenmuth, right, yeah. which, which is a cool town if you ever go to visit. I've never been there, but I'm sure it's fun. Um, But yeah, cheers, guys. Another podcast down. Cheers.